Welcome to the South Coast Repertory Podcast. I'm Tanya Thompson, and joining me on this edition is David Ivers, who is wearing two hats right now. He is, of course, SCR's Artistic Director, but he's also directing our upcoming production of the charming hit musical, She Loves Me. The show runs on our Segerstrom stage. David, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. I, I have a feeling that musicals are super popular with a lot of people. Why for you in particular? Why are you, I would almost say you're an unabashed fan. I would say, uh, yeah, for sure I'm an unabashed fan, I, which is surprising because I think, I think I've always been a fan of musicals, but I think I just steered away from them for a long, long time because my career took me in another direction. And then sort of late, I guess, in my career, I really, really um, found that the structure of musicals because of the, the music uh, and because of the size felt very familiar to me uh, in my exploration and time with the classics, you know, of Shakespeare and Shaw and Ibsen and, and the like, where you're dealing with gigantic intimate stories, typically with a lot of people on stage that deal with a sort of heightened language in a way, and I think in musicals explores, you know, heightened language through song. How would you want to set up the story for She Loves Me for our audiences? Well, the story really won't be unknown, I think, to many people because it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic story and there have been many spinoffs of it, including You've Got Mail. The film uh, was based on this classic musical. Um, but it's basically... Uh, a, a, a love story delivered uh, in a voyeuristic way through love letters. This young woman, um, who at the beginning of the piece is out of work, uh, answers a kind of ad in a Lonely Hearts Club ad uh, for a profile. She she does a period version, I guess, of swiping right <laughs> and answers uh, a letter. And this begins a month-long um pen pal slash fall in love slash can't wait to get the next letter and feel the ripples on on uh, on her skin and uh, in the process she she is out of work and she goes to apply for a job at this perfumery and of course it turns out that the young man she cannot stand uh, and that, that there's a literal chemical reaction in in the wrong way with in this perfumery uh, ends up of course being dear friend who is the the man who's writing the letters and really it's a path for them to create enough space and perspective and magic for them to be undeniably brought together uh, and of course the shop and all the everyone throughout the course of who's orbiting around these two are dealing with their own gigantic uh, issues of intimacy lost gained finding uh, and operating in each other sort of, um, to continue with the, the astronomy theme, sort of operating inside of each other's galaxies to, uh, to find the context of who they are. And they're a very tight-knit group, all of them in the play. They rely on each other and are connected to each other in, in deep ways. So, uh, We're on the Segerstrom stage with She Loves Me. You've got a cast of 16 along with eight musicians and you're creating a beautiful set of locations in a 1930s setting. So can you tell me a little bit about how the design for this entire production came to be? 
it's very explicit in the, in the text of and 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 score of of the piece where we are. That part is less difficult than figuring out how we get from a certain place within where we are to another place where we are. Yes, we're kind of an Eastern European city in the 30s, uh, mostly set in and around Marachek's perfumery, which is a very specific, charming, and very interesting, unique setting for anything, I think. The the trick is, so we can find all sorts of research, of course, about, about buildings and textures and sidewalks and, and lampposts and all that detail that's so lovely about being elsewhere, being transported elsewhere. Um, but we spend a lot of time inside Marachek's perfumery, and then we spend time inside of his perfumery, inside of a workroom, inside of his perfumery, and then out on the street in front of the perfumery, uh, and then back in the perfumery, you know, right before Christmas. And so with the passage of time indicated through some devices that are magical and some that are, I think, practical, you know. So the question is, how does the piece breathe between those locations? Now, musically, there's underscore for these what we call transitions into scene shifts. So the the design was, a, as most are, a complete collaboration with a longtime collaborator, a friend of mine named Joe Winarski, and she's um, designed a lot of sets uh, for me. And we just started with period and place and um, and something that has to evoke and be evocative of, um, I think, beauty and a place that would hold romance. And we filled in the details. And I don't want to give too much away because the set does all sorts of interesting things, including making sure that we are we're outside of the shop when we need to be and that we shift to the interior of the shop when we need to be. And we also, by the way, go to a hospital. We go to Amalia's apartment. We go to a cafe for a very romantic evening, you know. So all those things have to occur. So it, uh, we are we are us- utilizing every South Coast repertory bell and whistle that we have. When did you first discover this musical? You know, I, uh, I've known about it. It's been many, many years, you know. I've list, I just listened to the score. The score's really grown on me. Um, when I, at first, at first listen, I don't know. I felt like it was, it was like charming and lovely, but it's one of those that really kind of works on you. And now we're all what we call full of the earworms of of all the tunes of waking up with them in the middle of the night, and you know you can't get certain ones out of your head. And um, but I think. I think it, it, it's over, well over a decade since I've I've heard it, and I hadn't really I've only seen one production of it um, regionally, but I but I I love it, and there's a there's a kind of uh, Beatrice Benedict you know quality to the to Amalia and George that I find really appealing. I think I've heard uh, she loves me sometimes called the ice cream. Musical. Yeah. Can you talk about that nickname and the song? Oh, Vanilla Ice Cream, yeah. In what's a really great, I think, and beautiful gesture uh, toward the end of the piece. George shows up at Amalia's apartment um, and, uh, you know, ends up bringing her her favorite vanilla ice cream uh, to help soothe her sickness. Um uh, without giving too much away about from the evening before where she sort of stood up by by dear friend. Uh, and it's, of course, where George figures out that he, that, you know, she's dear friend, but he doesn't say anything. And so she ends 
that scene, very long scene in the apartment, was singing a song about vanilla ice cream. And it, yeah, it's a classic, I think, and also vocally insanely demanding. And Erin Mackey, who's playing Amalia, who is known probably to our audiences here. She was in uh, Lightman Piazza, I think, many years ago, and certainly known to New York audiences for her time on Broadway and, and regionally, uh, is just extraordinarily gifted uh, and has a stunning voice. So I'm, I'm excited for her to share those gifts with our audiences. So you mentioned Aaron, which leads me to ask, as you were casting for this show, what were you looking for in each of the cast members? What, what helped you create this great ensemble? Every director has their stable, you know, of people that you go to. And so some of these people I've worked with before, and I've, I have some of them I have deep, deep, very long, long relationships with. The, my, my, one of my closest friends on the planet is playing George, Brian Vaughn, who I think is just an extraordinarily gifted uh, human being. So, uh, but, but, and he shares and possesses one of the main qualities I look for, which is always first generosity and a sense of humor, because I, I feel like that allows an openness in the room and a, and a kind of willingness to explore, not just for me, but for themselves, places that actors may or may not have, quote, gone uh, in their work. And I run a really loose, really fun room and a, and a room that's, uh, that's light so that we can be in a, a space where creativity is sparked. So I'm always in auditions looking for, you know, where, what's the sense of humor? You know, sense of humor typically gets to pathos which is at the heart, I think, of just about every kind of comedy in a way. Uh, and I'm looking for generosity of spirit. Now, that all is with a certain baseline of, you know, they also have to be able to sing the notes and act the scenes and all that. There's surprisingly a fair amount of people that can do that. The, the quality that I think separates the greats is the virtuosity by which they approach their work and the generosity by which they contribute to the room. And so that's kind of, those are the magic ingredients for me. When they're together, it's rare. Individually, you can find those qualities, but not wrapped up in the one package, so. And you're working with uh, Greg Coffin and a group of eight musicians on this production. Uh, having live musicians is also another amazing energy that comes through to the audience, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's undeniable. It's one of the things that's so brilliant about musical theater is, you never forget that this is happening. In a way, sometimes I think you can disassociate in a play, but with the musical, it's like you, there's, it's almost impossible to forget that this is all happening in this moment with immediacy and live, and that all the pieces have to fit together. And frankly, if they don't, it's that much more evident, you know? And Greg Coffin, there's not enough that can be said about him and Jackie Miller, and actually my, my whole team. Uh, Greg, I've known since college, I think is, is is one of my most cherished collaborators. And, and in addition to being an extraordinary music director, he's also a worldly man of the theater and can talk through any discipline in our work. And in that way, my whole team is a sounding board for all of the disciplines that we share. And, uh, and it's really exciting in my first season here as artistic director to, to have those kind of family members living here for a few weeks and working together uh, here under this roof is, is thrilling. And you mentioned Jackie, who is our choreographer. How has she brought extra dynamism to the process? Well, they all have the spirit of, they all have the spirit of what I cherish, and I hope our, my colleagues here at work know that I cherish this sort of 
the culture of yes, you know, where where we we all, I think, share a wicked sense of humor and that that's <laughs> important in the work. There's never going to know. We'll throw out any idea. And we'll, both of us or one of us will be the first to sort of say, no, I was wrong. Terrible. Let's go back to this other idea. <laughs> but thanks for trying it. Because I think that's how the best art gets made. And, and these are deep and important interpersonal and professional relationships that building together this work we care so much about. And it really brings you very, very close, you know? It's not like I hang out with Gra- uh, with Jackie and Greg all, all the time. We're in touch through the year. You know, occasionally, if, if we haven't worked to- together in a while, there'll be a text of, hey, Iris, how you doing? I'm doing great, you know? But when we come to work together, it's it's as if time hasn't passed and we are in the soup together and we're all heading in the same direction with one goal, which is let's put the best possible product we can on stage. And I know we all share those values, so that's one of the great things about working with them. I know it's not fair to ask what's your favorite song from the show, so I'm going to take a different approach. What should we be listening for? I, I think the thing in the score particularly to be listening for is that the principles all share fundamentally some desire to find someone or something. Now, that might be something in the past or it might be heading towards something in the future. And it's, it's I mean, Marichek sings about days gone by and... Alona sings about resolving to be different in the future. And each one of them are wrapped around finding that special context that catapults them into three dimensions in life. And that is usually about sharing of themselves. And it's not being defined by somebody else. I think it's that's what's one of the amazing things about this musical, given the fact that it was written in the early 60s and comes from a period when gender roles were very, very different than they are now. And this musical does not have some of the thorny issues that Music Man might have, where women are being defined by men entirely and their positions are being defined by men. There's an independence in this thing that I think is really progressive and interesting. And so I think you should be watching for that as well. And I, I think in the text, you know, there's some very, very clever, very hard to spot construction about one of my favorite little moments is that the first thing that George says to Amalia is, may I help you? And her first response is no. And then she turns and says, yes. And you find out weeks later in the play through a different song that Alona, who falls in love with a librarian, which if you know anything about Alona, seems like impossibly out of character until she comes to some realization. And in her song, A Trip to the Library, she sings about this librarian coming up to her and saying, may I help you? And she says, no. And then she sings, I mean, yes. Hey, so I asked the cast members this question, so I'm going to ask you right now, what scent or aroma is your favorite? Oh, my gosh. That is a great question. You're putting me on the spot, so I'll have to talk through this and think about it. What is my favorite scent? Right now, it's my new puppy, Sunny. <laughs> ah. she's, she's got all that puppy kind of new baby breath and fur. and uh, I'd say it's my kids, the smell of my kids. In terms of uh, food things like that. It's probably the smell of like rosemary in the oven on some sort of rub, you know. (laughs) That may be influenced by the holidays having just passed. Um, I also love the smell of the ocean. So what is your hope for audiences who come to see this play? This may not be a popular answer, but it's such a a Chardonnay Sunday 
piece. You know what I mean? It, it's really a piece to like come, you know, have a glass of wine or if that's not your thing, you know, a, a, a cup of tea or whatever with someone that you care about, you know, from a grandchild to a partner to a lover to a date to your mom and really be transported to a, to a joyful well, well crafted, intricately crafted, beautiful piece of art whose whose aim really is to entertain, but it's it's also has a message about ego and stubbornness in a way that that we are, we often can get in our own way, and that when you open up that door to breath as opposed to clenching, you know, when you're feeling um, like something in your life is confronting you that you don't want to deal with, beautiful things happen. And for two hours and 30 minutes to be able to sit, and uh, including intermission, to be able to to sit and, and have that wash over you, and not just in a pure entertainment way, but really this is an incredible piece of art. So that's, that's my hope for audiences, you know. And on that great note, we'll be wrapping up this edition of the SCR podcast. My thanks to David Ivers, who is SCR's artistic director, and he is directing She Loves Me on the Segerstrom stage, January 25 through February 22, 2020. David, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks also to our recording engineer today, Jim LaPersio. For more information on this and other productions at Orange County's Tony Award-winning theater, visit us online at scr.org. Thank you.